Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff. This is Christine Carlson. And before our wonderful interview today, let's go ahead and take a golden pause. So wherever you are, sit comfortably. And if you are not seated and you want to do an activity, then just use this as a deep breathing exercise to get super engaged and into your body and deeply involved in whatever you're doing. But if you can, sit comfortably. Place your palms open on your lap, close your eyes, and just begin to breathe. Breathing together, breathe in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the fullness of your breath. And exhale, release, and relax. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, just release, relax, and let go. And breathing in pure golden sunlight through your core, through your heart, through your mind. On the exhale, just allow all the tension to leave, to leave your body. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, just let go of anything that doesn't serve you well. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being. On the exhale, just relax, release, and just let go a little bit more. And this time, as you breathe in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being, place your hand on your heart activating your heart, opening your heart, and spend a moment thinking of one thing you feel grateful for. And as you fill your whole body with pure golden gratitude, every cell of your body, just exhale and release and let go. And breathing in pure golden gratitude through your core, through your heart, through your mind on the exhale, just relax a little bit deeper and let go a little bit more. And breathing in pure golden gratitude to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, allow that gratitude to wash over you like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And breathing in pure golden gratitude to every cell of your being on the exhale, allow it to wash over you again, like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And taking one last deep breath in of pure golden gratitude. On the exhale, go ahead and open your eyes. Ah, wow. Well, I am so excited about introducing you to this wonderful woman today. Her name is Susie Moore. She is a world-renowned life coach and author. 
the host of the top-rated Apple podcast, Let It Be Easy. Oh, we like that. Let it be easy. She's a sought-after expert for media outlets and has been featured on the Today Show, Good Morning America, Dr. Oz, Business Insiders, Forbes, Oprah, The Wall Street Journal, Cosmopolitan, and Marie Claire, and probably a lot more by now. In addition, she's the resident life coach for the great for the greatest and the world's leading health and wellness site for millennials and the author of let it be easy and stop checking your likes you can find her at susiemore.com and that's s-u-s-i-e-m-o-o-r-e.com welcome susie Christine, what a joy to be with you. I feel relaxed after taking those breaths. I could have kept going. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Well, as you probably are practicing all the time, you know, it's a lot better to become responsive to life versus reactive, correct? <laughs> oh, yes. I don't know how I don't know how to get through life without always just coming back to being conscious. I mean, truly, I think it's, it's like having a magic trick up your sleeve all the time. That is so true. You know, just when we were chatting about what we should talk about today, you know, I, um, I shared with you that we're doing a, a feminine series, a divine feminine release series right now. And we um, talked about how you and your husband work together. Mm -hmm. And me and my husband worked together too, um, yeah. when he was alive. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing is I could never be his assistant though. And I didn't know if your husband kind of like, he, he probably has his own thing he operates on, but I don't think the assistant yeah. thing works very well between marriages. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think that not you know, working together isn't for all couples either. I, I see some couples, you know, they, they struggle with it, which I completely understand. And some people are far suited to have separation in that space too. So it's, it's good for some people, something else is good for others, but it definitely works for us. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, one of the things I really want to chat with you about today is something that a lot of women um, face and especially women who, um, you know, you're very young and so accomplished for your age. Um, and a lot of the women that I know and that are in, you know, the 40 to 65 year old range who mm -hmm. now find themselves potentially divorced and single mm -hmm. or are married still or um, widowed or all, all kinds of different, there's all kinds of different ways that we are at that age. One of the common things that I find is that women tend to get stronger. Mm. Um, we start to earn more money. Mm. We become more successful. And, and this can be a challenging thing for the men that are in our lives because it, it requires them um, to put aside a lot of their caveman training, you know, like, like, like the, the deep, like, who am I as a man, you know, yeah. to, to really grow in consciousness, but really grow in consciousness and to be able to accept what it means to really be the wind beneath a woman's sails or, you know, the wind beneath her wings. And how does that work, you know, for you and your husband? Uh, I love this question, Christine, because I feel as if it's not a topic that's discussed that much, which is surprising, really. We see the emergence more and more of- I think it's because we're still figuring it out, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, 
which is so bizarre, right? Isn't it in 2023 for a woman to maybe be a lead in something or to be the person who starts something or a breadwinner in the family? To me, this is just, it feels completely normal. It feels as if, you know, I always think that any any money that's made, any accomplishes accomplishments that are, you know, achieved within a family unit, it's for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't matter where the source is or like who's asking who for what. I mean, I always just think I I bless every dollar that comes into my home, every win, wherever wherever it's being directed or whoever created something isn't really the like the the, the points. It's are you enjoying your work? Is your relationship good? Are you expanding in ways that you where you both feel fulfilled? Like that's really it. The Well, it's also the contribution piece. Like it's, are you contributing in a way that's valuable to the partnership and relationship? And does it feel valuable to you? And, you know, this is, let's just face it. I mean, this is kind of an age old thing that all couples, whether they're in a traditional relationship where the man is the breadwinner and the woman is the support system, Mm -hmm. there, there is a sense of a lack of value sometimes from one person versus the other. And I think that's where couples get into trouble is they need to, they need to feel truly valued and honored for their, their contribution to the partnership, to the life and that they're building together. Yes. Oh my gosh. I completely agree. And when you think about it, it's just a division of labor almost, right? Who does what is, you know, is personal to each family, but I think it doesn't really matter, right? Is it, are you making a living that you're both happy with? Are you both doing work that you enjoy? Are you there for each other? Are you having fun every day? I mean, these are the questions, not, are you pulling your weight? Where, you know, are are you going to get an increase? Wait, you know, this is what happens a lot, Christine. You know, a lot of my friends, they'll say something like, I got a really big bonus and I'm scared to tell my husband. I don't want him to be weird about it all weekend. And I'm, I think, what? This is great (laughs) news for all of you. Like truly, I think that we can embrace this, celebrate this, know that it's not good or bad news for any particular party. It's just the whole that matters, whatever your whole looks like. And you know, I think to myself, I mean, this is, um, you know, a a joke that I say sometimes, but just for, for the context, because I do know that there's there are, there's a lot of stuff that comes up with men, women, money, the you know how, what the right order should be. If there is a man, just say he I don't know makes one hundred thousand dollars, and he's married to a woman who makes I don't know say two hundred thousand dollars, and that relationship doesn't work out, and then he marries another woman who earns fifty thousand dollars. Say, is he more of a man now? <laughs> like. <gasps> what's changed it seems like he's $150,000 poorer to me (laughs) isn't it so funny when you think about it it's like what actually changes nothing just some external figures who cares I mean I think that what makes me what, what I think is a real shame is when women hold back a bit they're shy it's proven to their statistics about this that women are don't vocalize their accomplishments. They often will talk up the man and kind of play down their position. And I just don't think it has to be that way. I think we could be gentler about it, more loving about it, realize that isn't this all teamwork at the end of it all? Yeah, I I agree. I remember like when, um, when Richard was alive and 
he was always really surprised that I had chosen the traditional route of being more of a stay at home mom, because I was so career driven as a young woman. And, but I think there, you know, even though like he was always like pulling me up, like saying, come on, come on, come on, come with me, come with me, be right here next to me. You know, I was more like standing back and, you know, seeing my role as being his support person and really letting him. And now that I, now that I understand kind of what our soul contract really was, I understand why I did that, you know, like, because um, not that there was any kind of competition around it, but I just intuitively knew it, it was, it would be better for him to fulfill his life's work. You know, I of course didn't know he was going to die so young, but it was incredible that in a lot of ways he passed the baton to me. And, and in turn, you know, because he was such an amazing provider and such a strong male, but he also had a very balanced feminine side. Like I used to joke that we had two mothers in our house (laughs) because he loved to do the mothering. Um, a lot of men do, a lot of men are so nurturing and they love to mother their children and, you know, be that, you know, kind, just gentle, loving support. And I, and also because he held such a strong masculine position for a long time, it allowed me to hold the feminine, you know, and, but, but when he died, I really quickly realized that I had, I was like, 75 percent feminine and 25 percent masculine and i had to really you know i had to start to anchor into the more masculine energy mm-hmm. and like you know you had said in our pre-conversation you know when we talk about masculine energy we talk about you know what it means to be structured what it means to be linear what it means to pay the bills what it means to do be action oriented and, and really take care of things in a very, you know, a very linear structured way. And, mm-hmm. and it, I kind of had to pick up the pieces, everything he did, I was now doing and everything I did, I was doing too. But the beauty of that was I, I started to realize I started to really integrate my masculine energy with my feminine energy so that in my lifetime, I could become both and balanced. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that in, in, how you are in your world and in your marriage too? It's interesting because I I started learning about feminine energy specifically a couple of years ago through a friend of mine. And I thought it was fascinating because I never really paid much attention. This just felt like to me, common sense stuff. Like you, I mean, the way that our marriage operates, you know, it feels like teamwork. It's division of labor, but very 50-50. That's how it feels. And then as I learned more and more about feminine energy and the magic of it and like how you can tap into it more and more, I think it's improved our marriage a lot because I feel as if I allow him to be him, me to be me, and also allow myself to frankly receive more, relax more, not be on top of everything, feeling like the action is mine, driving things forward. I'm the one who has the ideas. I'm the one who solves the problems. It's actually really allowed me a lot of peace. And I think it's really benefited both of us because you don't even know what someone's capable of. I mean, you're the biggest example of this. We don't know what we're capable of until life presents us with the opportunity or or the you know, there's no way out of this. We got like we got to step up to the moment. And yeah. So, and so when I 
relax, start thinking more in terms of, okay, how can I really even let this be easy in marriage? How can I let you even come in and take care of more? How can these be joint decisions? How can actually this be something that's more collaborative versus me thinking that gotta like, gotta hustle, gotta just keep forging ahead. It's really been beautiful. And the exploration, learning more about each other. It feels, it feels like a real harmony. That's, that's really incredible. Um, I think in marriage too, you know, when we go back to that feeling valued, you know, there is this, um, when, when a couple comes to the, um, really the realization that the worst thing in a marriage, the very worst thing is to be feeling like you're taken for granted on any level, oh, oh. right? Like, like every marriage goes through that, you know, you, you're like, you kind of come to the plate stomping and screaming at each other, one, maybe one or time, maybe marriages go through this for a really long time. I, I, I did this one time with my husband mm -hmm. and I realized that we both felt exactly the same way that mm -hmm. we felt like we were unappreciated and it was a mirror. We were a mirror of one another in that way. And, mm -hmm. and then I, I had to always make a very concerted effort, you know, to, to always voice mm -hmm. appreciation and think of it like that, like to let him know that I really, really deeply, deeply valued everything he did. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that really helped. And, and he also did the same thing and it really, really helped our marriage a lot. And, and that whole idea of not taking each other for granted. And sometimes, you know, that is what um, the feminine brings to is mm -hmm. this total receptivity and this um, ability to intuit and harmonize, you know, mm -hmm. and it's so important for a marriage that um, you both do that, but especially for the woman, I think, to, mm -hmm. um, you know, as intuitive as Richard was, I was even more intuitive, you know, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he was highly intuitive mm -hmm. and highly conscious, you know, but being conscious means to be completely aware and mindful too, and have clarity about what's happening in the energetic field of your marriage, what's happening between you. Mm -hmm. And I see this with couples all the time, you know, um, they struggle in their communication, you know, but they, they also struggle with that whole sense of how do I always help you? How do I always make you feel like I do appreciate you, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I agree. And I know that when we don't appreciate one another, like that resentment starts to build, right? We don't, totally. and resentment is like this ugly seed. Oh, if, if I start to feel slightly resentful, I'm like, got to evaluate something, need to talk about something, need to look at this because- It's poisonous. <laughs> uh, ugly. I mean, I think it's one of the worst emotions we can feel. Yeah, that and, and jealousy, jealousy yeah. and envy. And, um, and there can be jealousy in couples relationships too. And when you talk about, especially income earner or success. And, and, and this is something I think it, it, it is an, a, a symptom of a couple who, um, who hasn't gone through that consciousness piece together yes. about what does it mean to truly have this partnership? Maybe they haven't even had a conversation about it, you know, and, and then what does it mean that a woman and the feminine is emerging stronger today Mm -hmm. um, than they have before. It doesn't mean that men are weaker. It no. just means that women are coming up and to uh, a true equality place. And 
And that's just something that men haven't lived through before yet. This is new, right? Yes. And one thing that I'll say about my husband, because, you know, we've been married now 13 years. He's very secure. Like it takes a secure man to be like, oh, that's my wife. Like the company name, it's my name. (laughs) He's an incredibly secure man. And so he's naturally that way. I feel like that's always been his steadiness. But when that isn't the case, when a partner isn't as steady or as maybe as self-assured, I always think, or what I tell my friends, because I have many female entrepreneurial friends like me, whose husbands want to work with them, or maybe it's just getting started. I just speak so much about encouragement and speaking about everything is ours and sharing creative ideas. And frankly, Christine, I think we lose the joy of what we're all doing here on planet earth. Sometimes (laughs) we get lost in all the nonsense, like the, the ego stuff, the fear-based stuff. Look, I get it. We're humans, right? That part of us exists, but I'm here to make a, a juicy contribution, have a lot of fun, have a lot of adventure. And with my teammate beside me, like I want us to be in it. Not like, well, catch up or when you finished, you know, figuring that out, then maybe you can come and say, no, I would have a blast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, I mean, I follow you on social media. You are having fun and just your I whole am- nature is just, you ooze, yes. you ooze fun. Do you, do you oh. know what your, your number is on the Enneagram? Oh, uh, I don't, I don't think so. No, I know. I, I love all these tests. Oh my God. I bet you're a seven. You, you oh. have like, I bet you're a seven because oh. I'm a seven and sevens, oh. sevens have to do everything and it has to be fun. <laughs> well, but isn't that the point? I mean, think about this, yeah. Christine, why are we all here? Right. We're here on earth for a short period, right? We don't know how short it is, right? We know what nobody knows. Life is so, so, so precious. And the reason we want anything, right? We want like a man, we want a new car, we want a new dress. Like we want anything, financial security. The reason we want anything is because we think it will bring us a sense of peace and joy, right? That is so true. And so why can't we just skip the intermediary and allow in some peace, allow in some joy now? It's so funny how that accelerates a lot of the things that we want too, because we're on that frequency. That is so true. That is so true. I feel like we can see things differently when we feel, when we feel relaxed, having fun and feeling relaxed are my highest priority. And I know that I'm at my most creative, my most collaborative. I know that I'm at my most magnetic. This is true for everybody. When you're emitting that frequency, then people want to work with you. Good things, good ideas come to you. You have the energy to show up. I love I mean, that. Not every day because we're human, but we, we can be more consistent and we can get lost in the nonsense of the details of life and who's doing what and is it enough and who's, I'm just not interested. <laughs> That's just not interesting to me. Having fun is interesting. Being expansive is interesting. Taking risks is interesting. But a lot of the stuff that can consume our energy and focus is um, just kind of boring. Boring, in my opinion. That's great. I love that. Give me your top three tips for Let It Be Easy. Um, I know that's your latest book. And what a great title for your podcast, too, and your and your book. Oh, it's like, don't it, sweat the small stuff. Let it be easy. <laughs> oh, like whenever I even just hear these statements, I just feel like I, I come back to myself a bit more you know, because it's, it's not the real us that's panicking and stressed out all the time. Right. That's just our, the, the thoughts we have, the thoughts we have. So for me, three tips on letting it be easier. I'll think about what feels most accurate today. Uh, Letting it be easy. Okay. The first is this, which sounds a little funny, but it makes sense. 
you have to be willing to be uncomfortable right? because life is full of discomfort. Like this, we know discomfort that we seek out if we're going for things and then just the discomfort of life, right? We get bad news, things, unwanted outcomes, things, you know, arrive at our door that we don't really want to deal with. And I think that a lot of our stress comes from resisting those things, thinking this shouldn't be happening. You know, everything is wrong. This isn't fair. It's not helpful to us to feel that way or to, or to think that way for long. And so I always think, okay, this is uncomfortable. This opportunity that I'm going for, maybe I feel like an imposter. That's one thing. Or maybe something's happening that I don't want to deal with, like maybe a team thing or a tech thing, I don't know, a tax thing, whatever. I always think we joke, add it to my tab. <laughs> yep, we saw problems around here. It's okay. Like I'm willing to be uncomfortable in exciting, expansive ways. And I'm willing to deal with the the, the problems that come up without resistance, right? Because I'm great. not the only one, right? Having problems. I know everyone's dealing with their own stuff. Secondly, I think that if we communicate a bit more clearly, life becomes a lot more simple. And there's a great quote, I think it's from George Bernard Shaw. He said, the biggest problem with communication is the idea that it's taken place, <laughs> right? It's like, well, I thought, or didn't you mean? And it's like, no, no, no. We often don't say what we mean. We don't convey things clearly. We assume people know what our intention is. And this is in big and small ways, right? Like, so oh, I just true. assumed that when we got married, you'd be more interested in my family. Or I just assumed that when this happened, you'd take care of the kids. Or, or I just assumed that when we were meeting for drinks, we were also going to eat, but you're rushing off to eat. And now I'm left here at the table. Like big and small things. I think when we communicate clearly, it's such low hanging fruit for an easier life. And I love to say, Christine, um, wait, I don't, could you just like really spell that out for me? What, what is it like, or what would success be for you? Or when you say that, do you mean this or do you mean that? Like, I don't, if I don't know, like, let's just be, and I think we're afraid to ask questions. And so we make assumptions and we end up in funny places. That's a <laughs> in, really good point. Isn't it interesting? Like even a friend, a friend could make an offhand comment and I could be like for a second, like offended, like, oh, she doesn't like this or did I, and then I'll clarify, I'll say, wait, do you mean, did you mean that? Or is that, this is how I interpreted that. And I'll be like, no, what I meant was, and it was a reference to an insider joke that I forgot about. Like, <laughs> so just communicate. I mean, it's available. I know we're scared to do it. It kind of ties into being uncomfortable. And then uh, what I always say when it comes to ease, the, the best things in life, the best things that we can experience aren't Instagrammable. They're not for other people. It's not to impress anybody. It's just trusting what feels good for you. And sometimes that's resting. Like sometimes that's doing boring things. Like, you know what? I'm going to sit out on that girl's vacation or I actually, I'm just going to read tonight. I don't really fancy going out, whatever it is. What is the thing that feels good to you? Like honoring the thing that just feels good and clean and right. And, uh, and also being able to communicate that without apologizing. Yeah. I think I'm out, when you think about not having resentment, that's really where you start, oh. isn't it? By just truly asking yourself, um, is this something I really, really want to do? Yes. Or do I feel pressured to do this, you know? And yeah. yeah. And I think when you're that kind of person, then you tend to honor other people and what they really want as well. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we all find ourselves in situations that we, you know, feel obligation to do, you know, but, mm -hmm. but 
for the most part, as a, as a general rule, that's a really good principle to live by. I think it's amazing. It frees up your time. It frees up your energy. Your relationships are more pure because I'm not looking at you going, I can't believe I've got to drive you to the airport in two days when I could be you know, sleeping. And, you know, it's just, you live, it, it, it just feels like your relationships in life, there's a cleanliness to it. There's, like, there's an integrity to it. And I think that when, even if you're disappointing somebody with news, that they can handle that. Like people oh, can yeah. handle disappointment the same way that you can handle. It's delivered with love, you know, um, yes. very, very loving. Like, you know, mm -hmm. if you're coming from your heart, then mm -hmm. usually people handle that very, very well. Yes. And I think the more you do it. So um, recently a friend of mine turned 40, she had a party and I said, you know what? I'm so tired. I was traveling for business. I had a lot, there was two big things happening that week. And I said, you know, can we celebrate separately? Can you and I have a separate celebration for you? And I'm sure she was disappointed, but she said, yes, I know what it's like to feel tired. And I like celebrating my birthday for a longer period anyway. So we just, I was just honest. It wasn't, I'm sick. I, I tell the truth. I'm like, I'm tired. I, I, I do you. too. I do too. I've had a similar situation come up with one of my best friends around, um, around her birthday. And mm -hmm. I, I had to tell her, you know, could we do this instead of me doing that with you? Because it just doesn't, that's just not in my, like, mm -hmm. that wouldn't be in my field or in my heart to, to, mm -hmm. to, you know, spend 18 hours in a car with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> and as much as I love you, it's yes. probably not something I'm, I, I really, you know, will mm -hmm. want to do so. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then do you know what else is great about that, Christine? It's like, you know, where you stand. You know, if you said to me, I don't want to spend 18 hours on a call with anybody. Can we go to lunch? Or, uh, I will. I, I, I then know that when we hang out, you really want to be there. Yeah. Right. Really. You're in your integrity. I'm in mine. And no one's pleasing anybody. No one's there, but they're wishing that they were, you know, at the movies or whatever. Like it, it, it being honesty is ease. Like to me, ease is truth. It is. It's so true. Ease it's is always just coming back to the truth. And your truth is right for you. And that's it. And uh, uh, it, it's okay to, like, like I said, it's okay if other people are disappointed sometimes. And if you have to choose between disappointing yourself or someone else, I think it's okay to disappoint somebody else. Very well said. Let it be easy. We've been talking with Susie Moore. Um, please go see her, visit her on all her social media. And you can um, Go to her website at Susie Moore. That's S-U-S-I-E-M-O-O-R-E.com. Susie, it's been so wonderful to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Oh, Christine, what a joy. I hope I, I could talk to you for hours. I know. <laughs> you are a delight and a dear and just so full of joy. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. Um, don't sweat the small stuff. Let it be easy. <laughs> come back again we are living the big stuff this is christine carlson thanks for listening to the don't sweat the small stuff podcast with new york times best-selling author christine carlson you're invited to join christine at one of her upcoming retreats in california including her popular what now women's retreat at sea ranch and her new revive and thrive mental health and wellness retreat at mount shasta get all of the retreat details today at christinecarlson.com.